0: what's up everybody good morning and welcome to our water's edge sunday morning online worship experience thank you so much for hanging out with us today thank you so much for tuning in for those of you who share these links with your friends thank you so much for doing that we hope it helps them also for those of you that continue to give and you're generous online understand that helps this ministry go forward helps us love more people and help more people and serve more people and feed more people and we're so thankful for that thank you so much for being generous with us Also today, we're celebrating 14 years, 14-year Water's Edge anniversary. Really, really amazing. It's been a long journey. It's been fun. It's been really cool, exciting things ahead of us. And so happy birthday today to the Water's Edge, 14 years old. And today I want to share a message with you that's really my heart. It's what I want everyone to understand. Over the past 14 years, this is one of the most crucial messages that I've tried to get people to really take to heart And understand. So, what I wanna share with you today may be one of the most important things to me to ever get across to you. And so, today I wanna share this very personal and important message. Today I wanna talk to you about something that may not make much sense to you. A few weeks ago, we started this brand new series that hopefully is bringing some inspiration to your heart. All around us, we've seen fear, uncertainty, devastation, discouragement, sadness, depression. But this series is called This. I want to see Jesus. We've seen all the painful things going on around us over the past couple of years, but right now in my heart, I want to see Jesus. And what I mean by that is this. I want to see Jesus in my life, in my words, in my circumstances, in my relationships, in my city, in my community, in my church. I want to see Jesus in your life, in your circumstances, working in your relationships, working through your life. I want to see the kingdom on earth right now here today. But What I want to talk to you about today may not make much sense to you until I can fully explain to you what I mean. And so today, as I share this very important message, I'm going to try my best to help you understand what I mean by what I'm sharing with you today and how I'm going to explain it to you. You and I believe what we believe about God, about the Bible, about the world, about temptation, about character, integrity, moral, ethics, Compassion and other people, because something or someone convinced us that this is the best way to believe. And so, deep down, we believe what we believe because we're convinced this is the best belief. This is the best way to believe. Our beliefs are molded and shaped by our past, our parents, our family, our church, our religion, our education, mentors, personal experiences. And the reason you and I have settled on a belief or a conviction, is because deep down we have become convinced that this is the best way to believe, this is the best belief. But because of that, it seems that many people today, many people of faith have lost the ability to live a peaceful and a balanced life, which is really my heart for us today. My entire life, I grew up in church hearing about completely being completely surrendered to Jesus. My whole life growing up in church, I heard about being completely sold out to Jesus, completely on fire, a bold witness, filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And the obvious implication growing up in church was this. I was never surrendered enough. I was never on fire for Jesus enough. I was never enough of a witness. I was never filled with the Holy Spirit. Enough. And so this massive amount of guilt would overwhelm me and most of the people that I knew who I, I went to church with. And these people were good people, good people of faith and good people who deeply love Jesus. But we were constantly made to feel like the way we love Jesus wasn't good enough for God or good enough for other Christians. And the messages that we got from the church was that when you give your life to follow Jesus, then you give him your entire life, and so we would try. That you completely sell out to Jesus, and so we would try. That you're completely on fire for Jesus all the time, and so we would try. That we're always this bold witness for Jesus, and so we would try. We would pray Pray more than ever. We would study more than ever. We would spend more time with God than ever. We would give up habits and temptations and weaknesses. We would talk to other people about God more than ever. And so we would push ourselves and push ourselves and push ourselves to be this completely sold-out Christian who we knew we should be, sold out a hundred percent on fire for God. But then there came a time when we would have another really bad day, or we would face a really strong temptation or we would face this really this really painful weakness in our life or a small failure or a big failure or we would start to lose some of the excitement and passion in our faith and then we would feel that guilt all over again. It was crushing and overwhelming. We keep hearing in church about how people who really love Jesus are completely sold out all the time, completely on fire all the time, bold witnesses all the time, filled with the Holy Spirit of God all the time. And so anytime you and I had a bad moment or a weak moment or a confusing moment, we would have this massive amount of crushing guilt come over us because we felt like we lost this devotion that we had to Jesus. And then we'd sit in another church service and hear another guilt-ridden message about how all Christians are supposed to be sold out all the time. And so some of us would try again. Most of the time, we would just go from revival to revival to revival. We would try again. But for a little while, we would do good until we had another bad moment or another weak moment. And then some people that we knew would just give up altogether because they couldn't handle the guilt and they would quit. And this verse that I want to share with you today was used to make so many people feel unworthy to God, inadequate inadequate to God, useless to God, failures to God, and it made so many people feel like they should give up. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is talking to the Christians in this place called Laodicea and notice what he says, chapter 3, verses 15 through 16, if you're still with me, say I'm still with you. He says, I know all the things you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you're lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I remember hearing how these verses were explained to me growing up in church, that Jesus wants you either cold, and cold represented completely outside of God's will, in the world, just completely away from God, cold, or God would rather you be hot, completely sold out, completely on fire for Jesus. You just can't be lukewarm. You just can't be in the middle. You can't ride the fence, or that makes Jesus wanna give you up. That makes Jesus wanna spit you out of his mouth or or throw up. And so for a lot of people that I went to church with, even myself at times, we went back and forth between these two different extremes. If I can't be hot for Jesus, if I can't be on fire for Jesus all the time, if I can't be sold out to Jesus all the time, if I can't be surrendered 100% to Jesus all the time, then I'll just dive 100% back into my habits. I'll just dive 100% back into my temptations and back into my weaknesses because we heard messages and it seemed like that's what God wanted. That was cold. God would rather either be cold or hot. If you can't be hot and on fire for Jesus all the time, he would just rather you be diving 100% back into the world and back outside of God's will, back and forth, back and forth from this extreme to that, to that extreme, just as long as you're not lukewarm. When I was growing up, I went to church with this family, I knew them well. I still do know them well. And this was the story of their life and their faith. The mom, the dad, and they have three sons, and I'm still friends with their three sons, and their three sons still live this way. One month, they're all Christian, all sold out, all in church, leading worship, mission trips, teaching Bible studies, preaching sermons. And then the next month, drugs, drunk, fighting, cheating, no God, no church, no nothing and then something bad happens in their life, and then they call me. Pastor Tony, we need to talk. You've known us forever. We were living for God, but then I gave into this sin, and I completely fell out of God's will, and so now I need to get right with God, so I need to go on a mission trip. I need to get right with God, so I think I need to be a preacher. I need to get right with God, so I'm going to be a worship leader now. I need to get right with God, so I'm going to be a monk or whatever it is. And so they thought they had to go to these different extremes, and so they do that until they have another bad moment another weak moment, another battle with their temptation or their failures. I've seen so many people do this. I've done this. Many of you have too. And that's not what God meant when he talked about being hot, cold, or lukewarm. That's not the life God ever intended for you and I. Now, let me just share my heart with you today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. I think that following Jesus is the most peaceful way to live. I think it's the best way to live, the most loving, the most compassionate, the most balanced way to live. I think it's the most gracious way to live. And my desire for me and for you is to see us all finish our race. And what I mean by that is this, that the longevity of our life the rest of our life will belong to Jesus. But in order to do that, you need to understand this. Now, anytime we talk about giving our life to Jesus, what we don't mean is this, that if you can't give up everything right now, 100% right now, sold out right now, then you're not giving your life to Jesus. When we're talking about giving your life to Jesus and when Jesus talked about following him with your life, what he simply meant was the longevity of your life the race of your life, just don't quit. Jesus will never tell you that he wants your all or nothing. You've heard that in church before, that Jesus wants your all or nothing. He will never tell you that. Jesus will never tell you to either be sold out to him or completely out of his will and in the world. Jesus will never tell you that he wants to spit you out of his mouth and throw you up because you're struggling and you can't be completely sold out right now because you had this bad moment or weak moment or even a selfish moment. I don't want you to ever walk out of our church and feel hopeless and guilty and weak and not good enough for God because you're going through this time in your life where you're struggling and you feel like you're not as close to, God, as you need to be, or as you used to be, stuck between your love for Jesus and your own personal battles in this life. I never want you to feel that way. But that raises a question for us today, and this is what it is. What was Jesus talking about when he said that he did not want us to be lukewarm in this life? Again, let's look at the passage in Revelation chapter 3. I know all the things that you do, that you're neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, It's important to understand that near Laodicea, there was three different pools of water. On one of the outskirts of the city, you had a very ice cold pool of water. It had a stream that flowed into the city. On the opposite side of the city, you had hot, hot springs of water that had streams flowing into the city. So when the hot spring streams met with the ice-cold streams, there was another pool in the city that these two streams formed that were lukewarm. It was a lukewarm pool. And so you either had the hot, hot pool of water on this side of the city, the ice-cold pool of water on the opposite side of the city, are those two streams ran into each other and there was a lukewarm pool of water in the middle of the city. And both of these natural pools had streams that ran into the city and made this lukewarm pool. Now, obviously... 2,000 years ago, they didn't have modern medicine like you and I have today. They didn't have Advil, didn't have insulin, didn't have Lipitor, didn't have steroid shots, didn't have nitro for blood vessels, didn't have pain medication or anything like that. And so they had to use more natural ways to heal them of their sicknesses. And both extremely cold and extremely hot pools of water had healing properties to them. The cool pool of water could help you with anxiety, reduce your stress, increase your mental alertness, heal your skin, boost fertility, improve blood circulation, help your breathing, obviously help you wake up. In fact, a lot of health professionals today would uh, recommend that everyone take a cold shower in the morning. It's not fun, but it has a lot of healthy benefits for us. The hot pool could lower your blood sugar, lower your blood pressure, help you heal your muscle and joint pain, reduce and relieve cold and flu symptoms. But the lukewarm pool was stagnant. It tasted awful, and it was good for nothing. And so when Jesus said that he would rather you either be cold or hot, just not lukewarm, this is what he did not mean. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. He did not mean that God would rather you be hot, sold out, on fire, in the center of God's will, or cold, worldly, and sinful, outside of God's will, just don't be in the middle. Just don't be lukewarm and ride the fence don't be lukewarm christian who struggles so much with their own personal weaknesses that they're kind of holding on to god with this hand and holding on to their struggles with that hand and that's just lukewarm and that just makes jesus want to throw you up that is not what jesus Meant. Understand why that'll never make sense. Number one, because God is much, much better than that. God is much more loving than that. The second thing is this: God doesn't want any one of us to be outside of his will. In fact, the book of Second Peter even says that. Uh, and the next thing is this: God doesn't want to give anyone up ever. He says, I will never let you go in John chapter 10. And lastly, God wants your entire life, the longevity of your life. The race of your life, but in order to do that, you have to have balance, balance in your faith and balance in your pace. So, very quickly, let me point out a few ways that can help us understand what Jesus is saying here and how we can apply it to our life. The first thing is this number one, cold and hot are specifics. And what I mean by that is this both cold and hot are decided, cold and hot are unmistakable, lukewarm is vague. When something is cold, you know it. When something is hot, You know it. When something is lukewarm, it's a mixture. You don't really know what something that lukewarm is. Like if you're outside, it's 100 degrees outside, and you're at football practice, or you just finished mowing your yard. When you come inside, you don't want a lukewarm glass of water. You want it ice cold. But let's say it snows again and the ditches are freezing over. And morning, morning, you walk outside to take your trash out to the driveway. When you come back inside, you don't want a lukewarm cup of coffee. You want a hot cup of coffee. You just don't want to be lukewarm. You want to be specific. The second thing is this. Lukewarm is not the balance between cold and hot. In this passage, cold and hot are not against each other. In this passage, they're both good. Why? Because cold is decided, specific, unmistakable and useful. Hot is decided, specific, unmistakable, and useful. So cold does not equal darkness, and hot does not equal on fire and in God's will. It represents someone who is steady and decided, and they're not going to make any mistake about it. The longevity of their race in life is going to belong to Jesus, and this is what they're decided about. They've decided that the entirety of their life The longevity of their life is always going to belong to Jesus. The longevity of their life is going to have one constant, always one constant in your strong moments, one constant in your weak moments, one constant when you're close to God, one constant when you're falling on your face. And that's this. You're just not going to give up. You have decided that no matter what, there will never come a time when you say, faith in Jesus is not for me. Even when you're struggling, even when you're weak, even when you feel like a failure, even when you feel guilty or ashamed, there will never come a time when you say, I just can't do this thing. The faith that walking, walking with Jesus and faith in Christ is just not for me. When someone's hot or cold, it means they've decided no matter what I go through, the longevity of my life, the longevity of my race will belong to Jesus no matter what? Even when there's seasons and moments of weakness and failure. But lukewarm here does not mean someone who's riding the fence. Lukewarm does not mean someone who's holding on to God with one hand, my temptations in the other. Jesus in one hand, the world in the other. Jesus in one hand, my weaknesses in the other. Lukewarm actually means this. If you're ready for it, say I'm ready. Here it is. To be lukewarm means that you're always thinking about giving up because you feel guilty for not being able to keep up a spiritual pace. I didn't pray enough today. I didn't read my Bible enough today. I didn't spend enough time with God today. I didn't feel God enough today. I didn't worship enough today. I didn't tell enough people about God today. I should just quit and give up. I'm a failure. I can't do this thing. I'm not good enough for God. I wanna be close to God, but I keep falling and messing up, and so I'm just gonna quit and give up. That's what lukewarm is. Lukewarm is actually when you have not decided that the entirety of your life, the longevity of your life will belong to Jesus no matter what you go through. Cold is decided, hot is decided, lukewarm gives up. Let me say that again so you understand this passage. Cold is decided, hot is decided, lukewarm is always thinking about giving up. Number three, following Jesus is a journey. And journeys last a lifetime. Notice this passage, Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Now there's four words in this passage that help us understand what Jesus is trying to get us to understand about being hot and cold. And this is what it is. Follow me. In your life, follow me in your life. When Jesus says, Follow me with your life, that implies a journey. It implies taking steps. It does not mean that if you can't give up every sin right now, it does not mean that if you can't give up every weakness, every temptation, every battle, every struggle, every excuse right now, then God doesn't want you to follow Him right now. That's not what that means. I've heard that in churches. Youth camps, revivals, my entire life. That if you can't give it all up right now, then Jesus doesn't want you to follow him. No, 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 that's not what he meant. It means this, Jesus wants the rest of your life to belong to him, the longevity of your life to belong to him, the remainder of your life to belong to him. No one can give God all or nothing. If I say that in some churches, they'd run me out. But everyone listening to me right now needs to understand there will never come a time in your life when you can give Jesus all or nothing. You will go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you'll quit trying to do that. Remember this today. This is what Jesus wants. Jesus is calling you as a follower to just take steps. And being cold and hot means that you've decided. it's decided. It's unmistakable that no matter what, you're just going to keep taking steps. You know, even for our church, and, and this being our 14-year anniversary, we've been through a lot of things as a community and as churches, all different type of churches, these communities that are very uncertain. But no matter what, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face with hurricanes and buildings and pandemics and viruses and all those things, we're just going to keep taking steps because it's decided that our hearts belong to Jesus for the remainder of of our life. We just don't want to be lukewarm and always think about giving up. Say, Tony, I can't overcome any of this right now. I can't defeat this right now. I can't give this up right now. I can't deal with this right now. I can't handle this right now. That's okay. This is a journey. Just keep taking steps. The one thing Jesus doesn't want you to do is just to back out and walk away. Some days you can take more steps than others, but just keep taking steps. Take steps in your marriage. Just don't give up. Take steps in your faith. Just don't give up. Take steps in your walk with God, just don't give up. Take steps in your battle against your weaknesses and temptations, just don't give up. Jesus is calling all of us to longevity. And that's what this passage means. Lukewarm is always thinking, I need to give up, I need to give up. But both hot and cold are decided, unmistakable. No matter what I go through, the remainder of my life is gonna belong to Jesus. Give him the remainder of your life by just taking steps because it has never and it'll never be God's desire to give you up. I remember several years ago when I had just given my life to Jesus, and a lot of my friends did too, and I would describe us back then, we were young, as on fire. We were on fire for Jesus, which meant we were just full of it. We were excited, we had passion, It's all we really thought about and talked about. Everywhere we went had something to do with church or Bible studies or worship services. There was a group of us who just, God got a hold of us all at the same time, and man, we were on fire. And I remember one of my friends I was very close to who I used to hang out with when we were both not living for Jesus. I remember him coming down from out of town one time, and he was hanging out with us, and he pulled me off to the side. He goes, Tony, he goes, I've been watching y'all, and Y'all really made an impact on my life. And I want you to know that when I was away, I went to a revival service and God got all over me, man. No more drugs, no more drinking, no more addictions, no more fights, no more getting arrested, none of that. He goes, I've given it all up. He goes, and I'm on fire for God. He kept telling me how he wanted to be. He goes, man, when I walk into the room, I want people to feel God. When I pray, I want people to feel God. I want people to feel God just by my presence. And then he said this, he goes, and Tony, If I ever stop feeling it, if I ever feel like I can't give 100% all the time, I'm not going to be fake. I'm just going to go back to slinging dope. And guess what he did? There came a time when he had a tough time, and he struggled, and he didn't feel it like he used to. And so he went back to slinging dope. And then he'd come back and get on fire again. And then he'd have a weak moment, and he'd go back to his old life. And then he'd come back and get on fire again. And then he'd have a weak moment. He'd go back to his old life. He'd get in a wreck or something and feel like God was trying to wake him up. And it's always been back and forth. And let me tell you why. Because he's basing everything off of a feeling. And he hasn't decided that no matter what he feels, he's still going to love Jesus. No matter what he feels, he's always going to follow Jesus, even when he's just taking small baby steps. But for me in my life, I decided a long time ago that even in my worst moments, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to walk away. The longevity of my life will belong to Jesus. When he says, follow me with your life, that implies a journey. And for some of you today, the only thing you can do is take small steps. So do that. Just keep taking small steps. The one thing Jesus doesn't want you to do is to give up because we all have those bad moments, and he's always there to pick us back up again. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful week. Hope you tune in next week. Thank you so much.